0: This podcast was created on Messi. Create your own show today at messi.fm.
1: Welcome to Pace and Freedom. I am your host, James Pace, and welcome to our very first official episode Transgender or Athletic Equality. I discuss with Blair Sano and Sarah Walker about issues that we have currently either exploded by media or maybe it's not that big of a deal, but we discuss about transgenders competing against their biological counterparts. Uh, Is it fair? Is it not? And uh, this is something that Blair and and Sarah and I discussed and um, I feel that during the the recording during the show um talking to them during the conversation we we kind of i again am surprised at how much we can agree with um other people and how we can come to a conclusion that you know there are some um good solutions out there that doesn't require government so with that said uh i did have some technical difficulties throughout the um The discussion so uh, bear with us with that we will get that fixed for future episodes but other than that I mean our conversation went extremely well Um, and I was so happy to have Blair and Sarah on the show and I hope to have them as guests on other episodes you'll probably see more of them and um, yeah so let's go ahead and uh, get started. My wife had to go to work, and uh, she was like, "Why am I still working?" And I am like, "Because we live in San Diego, and we need yeah. to do income."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's how that goes. If you want to live in San Diego, like you, are <laughs> not about to live off right? of your income
1: unless you like
0: got some like million dollar company or something. But you know. I
1: know. So, anyways, all right. So, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Um, so, welcome to Pace and Freedom, and we're Congratulations on being on the first episode. (laughs) It's Uh, an honor. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, So I'll start with Sarah. As I mentioned on our intro episode, Sarah did a podcast with me a while back. Uh, She was my co-host, a great co-host to have. It was a lot of fun. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without her. So... um, on this podcast, you're on as my guest, and I am super happy about that. Um, to be working again with you, I have um, Blair Sena, who uh,
2: was a former uh, female basketball coach. Uh, what ages again? Um, high school, so I did freshman and uh, the sophomore. So it was one team combined freshman and sophomore. They call it soft rush. So yeah
1: awesome so and i've worked uh with blair for some time as well we used to have these fun debates and conversations <laughs> and roll our eyes at each other or at other people because i would say the majority of the time we agreed with yeah. each other and we would disagree with others so um but yeah welcome to the, the first episode uh this podcast um i'm excited about because it's going to be different um i am labeling it um as a libertarian podcast just because maybe in the main host i'm a libertarian but i'm trying to change how libertarians think when it comes to trying to include other people uh from the other sides um and to put labels on it and I hate putting labels on it. There's obviously the left, there's the right or liberal conservative or um, there's a few other labels out there that you can mention. Um, but my goal is for to try to get libertarians to start thinking about how to include people instead of we have this bad habit as libertarians is like, no, you're wrong. I'm not going to listen to what you got to say. This is the way of doing it. End of story. I think
0: everybody has that problem. I don't think that's just libertarians. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: most people. Most. So, um, that said, our and I might, you know, I talked a lot last like three minutes. So let's just, <laughs> just get to the point. Um, so we're here to talk about uh, the episode is called transgender or uh, athletic uh, equality. Um, And I decided to choose this topic because Blair actually posted a really good um, article and video about this issue where there was a high school uh, track uh, runner who uh, felt that the race was unfair, uh, that she didn't qualify because there were two transgender girls uh, competing against her and they got first and second place. Uh, And she feels that that wasn't fair because they were biologically male and that had a factor in it. Um, I have a a small clip and I will play this. And then right after, I'm going to start with uh, Sarah. And I kind of want to hear Sarah's point of view. Uh, I want you to focus on this story in particular first. And then we're going to try to kind of get into some of the... um, more of the athletic side on Blair will move to Blair and he can kind of explain a few things about the difference between just focus on uh, biological males and biological females first and then we can move on to the whole transgender issue. So I'm going to go ahead and play this. Hopefully it works.
0: The Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference, the CIAC, says that athletes can choose to compete for the sport in which they gender identify with no one thinks it's fair because we all know that males are physically stronger than females and they compete at a higher level petitions are circulating in plainville and glastonbury after two trans girls swept the competition at the state track and field championships from third on it's a little different we're actually fighting for those spots but in those meets there's no way that one of us biological girls will be able to outrun
1: Those transgender athletes. Yeah. All right, Sarah. So that's a a small clip, kind of the gist of that story. So, kind of give us what you think.
0: So these are these are high school students, right? Correct. Right. So I, I, I think that she was really respectful about it whenever she was talking about it. But honestly, yeah, I, I don't think you could possibly say that that's fair. But at the same time, you know, you you don't want to say that transgender kids can't compete in sports. But, I mean, yeah. How how would you expect to compete with that? Like, I can't. Even if I was in shape, we'll just say it like that. Even if I was in peak shape, I couldn't lift as much as, you know, one of the guys next to me in the gym. I just couldn't. And, I mean, I might, might compete pretty well against some of the women. But it's just if you go through male puberty, you it's just not the same. Even if, you know, <laughs> you're you're a woman inside and outside and you look like it. if you went through a male puberty, it's just biologically different and you just can't you can't compete the same way.
1: But well, what can you say to somebody cuz you have that view and there's people that are for equality and say, "Okay, yeah, but, you know, females can be as strong as guys you know we uh you're putting down the 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 girl or you're putting down the females um and not giving them as much credit you know they can do as much as guys can and you have those kind of people that think that way what would you say to that
0: well i think yeah it's true they can be but like standard wise they're not so it's just kind of like You know, if your all-girls team becomes, like, an all-transgender team, then there's a problem. And I don't think there's anything wrong with letting transgender kids, adults, teens, whatever, compete. But they just have to have their own category or a category that's just all-inclusive, any gender. And so everybody knows what they're getting into. Everybody agrees to it. Everybody's like, okay, yeah, I might be competing against a boy and that's fine. I'm prepared for that, you know, but if you have all boys, all girls, transgender is somewhere in the middle. And I think that it would be fine to create a team for them if that's possible. If it's not possible, like a small school or something like that, then a team that or you know, like intramural type of sports where it's just for fun and everybody can play together. It doesn't have to be, you know, straight competition. And it's kind of unfortunate. We just don't have a system in place yet. For that, and I mean, we could create one, uh, but at the moment, that's just not what we have.
1: So let's go to Blair real quick. And um, have you seen
2: this in your like coaching career ever? Something no, I, like this story? No, I've, I've never. Um, this whole thing is for me, and I think for most people, it's relatively new. I've never seen a transgender athlete, whether it be a transgender female or a transgender male compete in the sport um that's opposite of their biology i i just i've never seen it so this is completely new for me and i think most people
1: can you explain a little bit about the biology part cuz i know you've you've discussed it with a lot of people when you posted the post um and you seem pretty knowledgeable on like as far as the physical um science i guess in it so, can you explain a little bit, just focus on just females and males and the
2: differences um, from your experience? Right. So, so, just offer of some some like, basic information, for example, we, we can talk about bone structure. Bone structure, men have much larger and much denser bone structure than females. Um, bigger hearts, so you can have somebody like a track athlete, so that's an endurance runner. They're going to have more endurance. Um, bigger lungs. You know what I'm saying? They can pump more blood, more oxygen through their muscles so that way they can continue to compete at a high level. Women, in comparison to men, have much smaller hearts, um, smaller lungs, smaller frame, um, muscle mass, just even building muscle mass. A woman, it takes a woman a lot more to build muscle than it does a male. A male can put on muscle like that because of the testosterone that we produce. Um, as far as injuries go, if you look at stress fractures or if you look at ligaments or if you look at uh, joints and all that stuff women tend to get injured more because their frame isn't as strong as a male not to say that they couldn't like I said I'm not saying I'm actually a really big supporter of like women's sports just in general because like I like for example the you know the uh, whole soccer team I'm a huge fan of them getting equal pay and stuff like that but when you talk about just physical structure like competing against each other and contact sports especially it's just it's just not fair as far as, um, well, I'm going to touch on that stuff later, but as far as the biology, we're not the same. It doesn't make a woman less, but it's just saying we're not the same. So uh,
1: I, I heard you mention tet- to testosterone, which is a, the hormone that males produce mostly. Females do produce some. Um, so... A transgender girl that, you know, and we've heard these stories before. I don't think it's as much as the media kind of makes it, but we've heard like high school students starting to take hormones for their transition.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, you know, what if then a transgender girl who is taking, uh, blockers and, uh, estrogen, uh, hormones, does that like equalizes? her
2: to a female uh physically or is there still a disadvantage so i'm gonna say this we're still in a process with this whole thing where it's still being we're still learning about this whole thing we're still being educated about it one thing i do know is for example if a man or if it's transgender female does take estrogen blockers when they stop taking those blockers they're going to continue to produce testosterone. So they immediately start to reproduce that strength, that muscle mass, that, that just natural strength that men carry. And the question that you have to ask yourself is, are you only going to take those estrogen blockers during competition time? You know, like, say for example, um, a tennis player, maybe. A tennis player, they have a couple of months that they start getting their body in shape. You know, they don't just go 100% the entire time because they have to give their time their body time to recover and rest up. So you have to ask yourself is it going to be only during the time that they're training that they're going to be taking those estrogen blockers or is it going to be something that's just a lifetime thing that you're going to be doing so that way you can make sure your levels of testosterone are down. And we don't even know if that's healthy to do that. So we're still like in a stage where we're learning and stuff like that. So All Right.
1: Sarah, you and I in the past we've talked a lot about regulations and what government should be allowed to regulate what should they not be allowed to regulate um and me and Blair just talked about obviously the whole hormonal thing uh blockers and estrogen um and for me as you know i don't like government regulating too much um if any at all so do you think that this is something the government should step into and say, OK, you know, if you're going to be an athlete, you need to stay on, you know, you're obligated to stay on blockers. You're obligated to stay on uh, hormonal treatment um, if you want to compete against the people of the same gender you're claiming are uh, you're um, choosing to be.
0: Yeah, no, (laughs) no, I don't, I don't think anyone could ever say that to anyone, to be honest. I, I just think there needs to be a, a separate team altogether. I just don't, I don't think that there's a way to make it fair unless if, if you started taking like female hormones and, and went through a female puberty at, like, a normal age, you know, then there's no way. I just don't, I mean, you can go through a lot of changes, man. Uh, you really can, but you just, that really important part <laughs> is when right. you're a teenager and you go through puberty. And if you went through male puberty, I just don't, I just don't see that. But I don't think that the government should have its hands on that. I think that that should be a decision that's made, I wouldn't say necessarily school by school, but I guess just as a whole, the country itself. Just we need to have a conversation with ourselves <laughs> and kind okay. of come up with a plan for that. Because you can't tell someone, "Oh, you have to stay on this hormone," or you can't do that. Now you can tell someone that they can't take hormones, but you can't you can't force someone to to take a particular type of hormone.
1: Blair, um, in the school, like, athletic system. So, and the structure of it, how would this be better structured, in your opinion? Better structured, how? What do you mean? Like, as far as because it's always been a female team and a male team for the most part, right? And every school. I mean, when I went through high school, I remember, you know, you had the, uh, we were integrated in tracks but uh, you still competed only against biological male, biological male, biological male, biological male and biological female, biological female, right? right? And you had your separate teams. Basketball, same thing. Soccer, same thing. Uh, I'm surprised that we haven't, like, come up with a female football team yet uh, and anywhere.
0: Same. <laughs> I'm still upset about that. <laughs>
1: it's kind of, It's definitely coming. Uh, uh, so... I mean, how would it be structured to be fair? And Because obviously, you know, I think it is every human being's right to be able to do the same thing as any other person, right? Um, every person has the right to be able to play sports, to be able to compete, to be able... But there has to be some sort of fairness uh, and balance. So how would that structure look like, I guess, in your opinion...
2: The only only way I could see it being fair is kind of what uh, she was saying earlier. The only way it can be fair is if everybody knows I know for a fact that I'm going to be competing with a man or a man knowing that he's going to be competing with a woman, and that's what it's going to be. So whatever comes your way during that competition, you're not getting shocked by it because – it would be really unfortunate. For example, there was a fighter, an MMA fighter named Fallon Fox, and he was a, um, or she was a transgender uh, male and um, or excuse me, transgender female and did not disclose the fact that she was a transgender female. And so what ended up happening is, you know, you get girls getting brutally knocked out, biological girls getting brutally knocked out. So the question is it's about safety. That's what you really have to start thinking about is safety, because somebody can really get hurt, you know, um, if they don't know what they're getting themselves into. And even if they do know what they're getting themselves into, you still have to pose the question of safety, because, like I said, you know, you have a man competing against a woman. Or, you know, you can even look at, too, when you look at fighting or weightlifting, you have weight classes. You don't put a male that's 130 pounds competing against a male that's 240 pounds. It's just not fair because the guy who's 240 pounds, his bones are way bigger, his muscle mass is way more, his lungs are way bigger, his heart. He can do a whole lot more, you know, when it comes to that perspective sport of weightlifting, you know, or even fighting, you know, more power, more strength. So I think the question... Is always going to be, for me, it will always be about safety. As far as making it fair, just everybody has to know what they're getting into. You can't put somebody into a situation competitively and, and just leave them in the dark, because that's when you're so, going to see people get hurt. Right.
1: So, but with this particular case, because I have two cases here that I wanted to discuss. There's the, um, and I'm going to butcher her name, probably, uh, Semenya from South Africa. She just got her um, gold medal pulled because it was proven in court um, that she's a biological male. Um, and then... But you have this high school case, right? So in the, in the Semenya case, nobody knew that she was uh, a biological male. Like, she when she went to compete or whenever they enrolled her The whole time she identified herself as a female, um, I feel like, you know, the, uh, um, the Olympics commission, probably that's a failure on their part for not, um, you know, doing some sort of screening, I guess, but, um, the international association of athletes federation, I should say, didn't do a really good job of, um, doing their screenings, but Nobody knew that she was a biological male and that they were competing against that. So I can see your point there with that particular case. But with this high school case, and then, you know, I have a, a, a um, an argument, too, for that. But on the high school case, these girls obviously knew when they were competing that there was two transgenders competing against them. I mean, so they did know. And they still chose to compete, right? Right. Assuming that they had a choice,
0: it's more well, about when you of, join okay. the team, though. You know, like you have to know when you join the team what you're getting into.
2: Yes. So that situation too. Um, if you, I don't know if you uh, have that documentary pulled up or that little snippet, but if you can go back and look at it, when she walks up to the track meet, she's watching the other girls compete. And she's like, wow, that's a really fast girl. So she thinks it's a girl. And then as she's getting ready to compete, she finds out that that's a transgender female. So you got to think, you know, you put your blood, sweat and tears. You're putting in time after school. um, You're waking up probably early in the morning to get in training before school. So you have this really jam packed schedule. What you put in your you're putting your life into this sport. And then you show up to race day. And you find out you're going to be competing against a transgender female. You're not going to just want to throw it all away. You're going to still, even if you feel you're going to lose, you're still going to want to have that urge to go in out, go out there and compete and see what you can do. You know, even though you right. feel you're pretty sure, hey, you know what? Today I'm not going to win because I'm competing against somebody who was biologically male. So,
1: right. So, with that, let's segue into the the Semenya uh, case. Uh, so. Here in June, they finally like decided. Okay, you're we're pulling your gold medal. You lied and said that you were a a woman, uh, and you're a biological male. So you essentially cheated. Um, assuming that our opinions that we've been discussing here is that it's not fair for a transgender uh, girl or woman to compete with other women, right? Um. So digging deeper into this case, um, there was a lot of talk about, okay, how do you make this fair um, by the uh, International um, Athletes Association or Federation, and they discuss, well, when a transgender uh, woman can compete with other women, but they need to, again, take those blockers and take these um, hormones in order to compete. And you digged into this a little bit, Blair, about, well, it doesn't matter because if you're, say, during the season, during your training season, you're not taking these things, you're still, like, building yourself up. Mm-hmm. And then once the season actually comes, then you're going to start taking these, I but you're already now have an advantage as far as training-wise. Yeah. Just, yeah. Am I...
2: Correct. And that's the, what you were kind of trying to explain in layman's terms, right? Yeah. So, for example, when, you know, if you, you're taking estrogen during your competition, right, your competition period is, say, let's, let's say it's three months, right? You got to train and then you actually compete. Um, after that, you know, you may want to give your body some rest. And if you're not taking that estrogen, then your body is probably produce, producing testosterone. It is producing testosterone. So now all that estrogen, is it really effective then? How effective, how much testosterone is it canceling out? Are you still going to have a significantly higher amount of testosterone in your body than your female counterparts? Probably so. And the thing is, like I said, we're still researching. People are still researching, still educating themselves on the matter. But there's nothing really disproven that during that off-season or during that time off that your body isn't producing that testosterone that it's meant to produce. Right.
1: So... And I'm going to go to Sarah, and I want to ask her her opinion on this. Um, So right now, there's a lot of laws here in the United States and most of Europe um, and most of the developed countries where, okay, you're not allowed to ask somebody what they are biologically, right? So the International uh, Athletes Association has this issue where, okay, well, how do we then screen appropriately? We can't ask them straight out, right? Uh, and we can't ask them to, you know, strip naked and show us that you're the gender that you say you are. Uh, and they've proven that through blood tests, you really can't do it because two reasons. One, you're not allowed by law in a lot of the developed countries to test for chromosomes to identify gender because then you would be discriminating. Um, so, the only other way is by hormonal levels. So, what are your thoughts on that, and what do you think about, hey, if we're talking about sports, there needs to be a different standard than the hormonal
2: testing?
0: I think that's, uh, that's pretty invasive. I mean, I'm sure they do lots of invasive stuff whenever it comes to competing in sports, but I think um, we probably just need to change the rule on that. There needs to be an exception, because... You have to be able to ask someone, like, hey, were you born female or born male? Like, when they <laughs> when they pulled you out, what did they say? Because otherwise, it's just, there's, it's not fair. Like, I mean, I know I keep going back to, like, it's just not fair because how, how else are we going to do it? And I think that, I think that, once again, there is a, a middle road solution to all this. It's, like, kind of my my solution to everything is a new solution. (laughs) We'll say it like that. And just like we have, you know, Special Olympics and stuff like that, like, why can't we have a separate category that's just for them? And we, I mean, you can make it whatever you want, really. But I just think we've had this male to female competition that, you know, or female to female, male to male competition. That's, that's fair and that, like, you're competing against people who went through all the same hormonal processes as you. They went through all the same growth processes as you. And you know, whenever you're competing against, you know, the person next to you, that that's a fair competition. You know. Biologically, it's fair. So, I mean, why can't we just have a category that's just for them? Like, they know... That the person next to them might have been born a male, might have been born a female. It doesn't matter because, like, that's their own competition. That's what they signed up for. And that's fair for them. It's fair for everyone, I think. It's not to segregate them or anything like that. Right. I think it would be a good way to let everyone compete and no one feels like they've, you know, gotten the shaft.
1: But to to play devil's advocate here, because in my I know, right? Just, just play devil's advocate. How popular you think that category would be? I mean, it, if, so, if I'm a trans, let's just say I'm a transgender uh, girl. I'm not, obviously. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to compete against a transgender um, male because I would it would be unfair. Like, there's still that, you know, I feel that I should be um, able to compete with what I have identified with. So, I, in my opinion, I think from what I understand in society today, and it's obvious by this particular story with the high school student or even with the, the Olympics, you know it seems like there's this strong idea that if I identify as this biologic or this gender, I should be able to do everything that that gender does.
0: Well, I think that they could have a a a female and a male category, just we would know <laughs> that they're that they're transgender people.
1: But then but I would never
0: be a fair. Category for everyone. And maybe it wouldn't be as popular. Or maybe people who never thought about competing before because they didn't think that it was for them. They didn't think, you know, they thought that they would, you know, be discriminated against or it wouldn't be a fair competition and people would be mad or whatever. Maybe those people would be like emboldened to kind of come out and compete.
2: I was going to say, too, you got to look at women's sports, women's sports for, for a very long time. And even now hasn't been very, very popular when they did let women compete in sports. You know, there was a point in time where women could not even do marathon races like that's crazy. The fact that that even existed at that time, but it was it happened, And when they finally were allowed to compete in their respective sport, basketball, um, track, whatever it is. Right. It's just not as popular, but over time, for example, with the women's soccer team or women in MMA or women's tennis, it's grown so much. And honestly, there's times like when I'm watching fights because I'm a real big fan of fighting, there's nights there. The girls are fighting. I'm really only going to watch that fight is the female fight because I know like, man, these two fighters are really, really elite, really smart fighters. And it's going to be a really good show, you know, so. I think with the popularity, it just takes time. It takes time with anything. There's so many things in history that people were not open to, and just, it took time for people to accept that, you know?
1: So, right now, there is uh, a debate, like, it's already been, um, I mean, the uh, international, or FIFA hasn't really um, decided on if they want to pursue it, but there is an outcry for it that the USA shouldn't have won the World Cup. And the argument is because they feel that there are certain players in the team that are biological males and that they are lying about their birth certificates and lying about what they're biolo- biologically are. They so, have no face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was gonna say Amen. so now we're with these issues, and I think it's been brought up mainly by the Olympics because the Olympics, I feel really made a a big mess this last um Olympic season with this issue. They really didn't do a really good job in um in screening obviously I mean, um Tamania is not the only one that lost her her medal because of lying about her gender so or her i guess biological gender um biological so now did we just create a trend now now we're gonna like challenge every single time somebody wins of what gender they are do
2: you see this becoming a a trend um this is for you to do Yeah, I I think with the Olympics, you know, when you're talking about competing on an international platform, which the Olympics is, is an international platform for competition. I think you get countries, for example, the U.S. women's soccer team is as dominant as any team in sports history, not just women's history, sports history. And, you know, countries want their team sometimes to do good. And you've seen it. I've seen it many times. Where, for example, an American will fight overseas and a fighter will clearly win in their prospective sport, but then they give it to the home team, the home person or vice versa. It's happened here in the States, too, where a foreigner will come to our country, compete at an outstanding level, clearly win their competition and they give it to the American. You know, it happens at times. I don't think it's something that we as Americans do because I got to defend the red, white and blue. I don't think we do it too much. But. Um, it does happen. It happens all over the world. Um, but to just question it, I mean, that's kind of goes back to what she was saying. You have to be able to ask somebody, hey, are you a male? Are you a female? What were you born? Were you born a male? Were you born a female? And by all means, and I won't defend the U.S. if we did come to find out that somebody was a biological male. I don't think it's fair. I just don't think it's fair for any country, any team, any individual competing at I just don't think it's fair Sarah
1: opinion
0: I mean I agree like I, I, there's nothing there that I can like <laughs> consent I agree with with all of that I think it would definitely be unfair if that turned out to be the case and maybe it will become an issue unless if we come up with a plan to screen people better. Otherwise, yeah, we're going to keep getting these questions. People are going to keep being oh, well, that was was probably a guy. It's going to turn into a whole sexism thing that we don't even want to go down. But if they are just allowed to do a proper screening, then then we can't (laughs) you can't really have that issue anymore. Except for, you know, conspiracy theorists, I guess, but
1: I mean, this has done, I feel, and, you know, I think the media obviously does do a really good job about blowing things up, so that could be part of it. Um, this true. might not be a huge issue. This might just all be an agenda for, you know, either side to, you know, make their case to, you know, get elected. Uh, I mean, even in the, uh, I think in the Olympic Commission, uh, there are elected officials, they, they have to be voted in and whatnot. So, I mean, uh, there could be that. But, I mean, did we, and this is gonna, now we're going to start transitioning, I guess, with this to the whole transgender equality portion of it, right? And with the transgender um, equality movement with the LGBT, did we now? Cause a problem in other areas, like in sports and uh, in wages, and because now you can say, if we get really political about this, right, is that, and we want to argue that you know uh, women get paid less than males, right? Well, could there be a transgender male that was biologically woman now making more money than you know a biological female does now, and there's, I would say there's probably unfairness there. I guess the the main solution would be just, Hey, you know, just pay you for what you know, you're qualified for. Um, and I think a lot of States, I think, again, those are one of those things that the media has kind of blown up and I don't think it's as big of an issue as we make it to be, uh, with the, the pay thing. Cause I know there's a lot of States, California being one of them has passed numerous laws to get everybody paid the same, um, I think that I think Hawaii has done a really uh, a lot of work
2: and can I jump in and say something yeah absolutely I was gonna say too even with the equal pay thing for example most women's sports don't generate as much revenue but with the U.S. team the U.S. women's team it's very I mean it's factual if you can look up statistics you can look up you know numbers as far as how much revenue they're bringing in how much attendance they bring in way more than the males so in that situation how are the men getting paid more than the women when the women are actually the ones bringing in the revenue now for example the WNBA, you're saying to pay them equal pay well that's not their money to be getting paid because they're not generating the revenue for it so that's one thing different but in a situation like the women's u.s soccer team they need to get not equal pay. They need to get paid more if they're bringing in more money. Just pay them what they are owed, and if they're owed more than the men, then the men got to step their game up. It's as simple as that, right? And,
1: you know, so in the in the industry that I work in, you know, we get paid depending on again how much revenue we we bring in. That's how it's determined how much I'm going to get paid uh, year or yeah. Yearly, So um, there is a base pay set up, right? But if you bring more revenue, you're going to get, you know, a bonus. Do you think that's what's going on, though, in sports? Is that because, I mean, sports is a a business and most businesses do that where, hey, if you did bring a higher revenue, you're going to get a bonus. Uh, Are we seeing that with female sports or is that... Like, oh, well, the whatever, you know, revenue is bringing you're still
2: getting paid the same regardless, and, you know, the big wigs are keeping all the money, the rest of the money. Oh, for sure. You, you see that all the time. You see, it's just the difference is, is that, you know, in most women's sports, you know, you're not seeing the bigger bonuses. But, yeah, there's definitely bonuses for um, athletes. Um, the UFC actually does a really good job with being equal with that. When a fighter, when there's a, a female fight on a card, in a male fight, but the female fight was better, they can get a bonus. And the bonus doesn't change because of the sex. like they're Because they're female. If they were to get um, $50,000 for a knockout, a male was to get $50,000 for a knockout. If a woman has a more spectacular knockout in their fight, they still get $50,000. Which is good.
1: So, we had some technical difficulties. <laughs> um, but we're back. Uh, we'll go ahead and sign off. So, i want to start with sarah what do you have anything that you want to shamelessly uh promote or uh give a shout out to uh
0: no man (laughs) i'm a dog you know thanks for hanging out with me every day (laughs) (laughs) but not really he's my only friend
2: oh um
1: that was interesting. i'm
0: sorry (laughs) <laughs> the worst sign-off ever.
1: So, thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for being on my first episode of this podcast. No I,
0: problem, man. No problem. Loved it. A lot I have me. fun.
1: Absolutely. Gives, it brings back memories from No Shites Given. I know. Uh, it's so long ago. Uh, Blair, anything you, you want to uh, give a shout-out to or anyone you want to give a shout-out to?
2: Yeah, I want to start off by thanking God and my mother for getting me to this point but uh no i'm just kidding um no man. no uh <laughs> i mean i'm I'm good man you know i'm I'm appreciate you having me on the uh podcast to talk about this this is something that's actually really important to me because i'm really big in sports so you know but you know i'm just grateful i don't have any you know anything uh, you know negative or super positive to say i'm just happy to be here happy that you have me on your show
1: so yeah it's been a, a pleasure dude uh this podcast means a lot to me, and I couldn't have thought of like, anyone better to start it off with. Uh, so. <laughs>
2: thank, you. thank
1: you. Once again, thank you for joining us on Pace and Freedom. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Leave comments, give us ideas for future episodes, and we will be seeing you soon with our second episode. Stay tuned.